Welcome, listeners, to episode six of Dads, Papas and Father Figures, the show that honours the best title a man can get. The role that levels us all, no matter of your background, beliefs or bank balance. Each episode will bring you a personal interview with a different dad, willing to share the ups and downs of fatherhood. So grab a coffee, start your engines and let's embark on this life sentence together. Welcome to Dads, Papas and Father Figures. So thank you for coming on the podcast today, Martin. No problem, Steve. Episode six. Thank you. I've already done the introduction. Yeah. I'm going to record that in a bit. Um, so the very first thing we'd like to ask, just to get an understanding of you as a dad, is your family dynamic. Can you explain your family to us? My family. My family is uh, a wife, Katie. It is two children who are 18 and 16, girl and a boy. Uh, We have two dogs, 13 and 6. Really? Mm -hmm. Yeah, Ned's nearly 6. Never mind Ned's on about 13. Boyce is 13 next week. Wow. Yeah. Uh, We live in a house in Newcastle. We have... uh, a lot of my family close by, so we've got my dad, we've got my mum, with a st- step family of a step mum and uh, step brothers and a step sister, and also partners and children. So it's a core family, but actually the group around us who all live pretty close is much bigger Mm -hmm. than just us. I wouldn't describe our family as just us. No. That's the core family. But our family, who we interact with on a regular basis, is bigger than just us. And it needs to be because the kids, our children, my children, need more than just us. They need that bigger group. Mm -hmm. They can't where you'd be far too boring. The other group would be a lot more exciting than we are. I still sometimes call people brother-in-laws or stepbrothers because yeah. I get it all mixed yeah. mixed up. Even though I know what it is, it's just I'm, I'm not used to having to use these terms. Yeah, I mean, I, and I don't call my Tom, Joe and Catherine, I don't refer to them as my stepbrothers or stepsisters. We've known them of being part of our family for that long. Mm-hmm. They're just... The my children don't uh, my my brother who lives in Australia and his family we don't see as often as we'd like to see but the family we have here we see see them pretty regular see them a lot and my children have only ever known the family that we currently have which is the bigger family than just myself my wife the two children, the two dogs, and my two parents. It's, it's a wider group we've got, mm-hmm. which is good. Coming into the family sort of later on, I think it, it comes across that you're a very tight-knit family. It is tight. It is, yeah, yeah, it is close. I think everyone... It is tight, and it's and everyone's... Everyone just gets on, which is great. It's probably more 
typical for families to have that extended group now with parent with people getting divorced probably more than they used to 50 years ago but for us it, yeah it, it's good it works can you tell me about a time that you absolutely nailed fatherhood and a time that you totally failed fatherhood I think I, I think I've nailed fatherhood I think and I'm going to say fatherhood and I'm gonna have to include uh, my wife because I'm going to class it as parenthood mm-hmm. on this one so I'm going to include Kate because our children are still alive today so as a parent one of the the only thing you have to do from day one is make sure your children live mm-hmm. that is the primary thing you have to do yeah. when your child is born because without you it can't survive they are rubbish they are rubbish it they're very early on yes they've got apparently they can swim if you throw them in a swim pool but never tested that but our (laughs) kids are here they are healthy and they have their own strong minds their own opinions and all the teeth all the teeth (laughs) uh a great cost to us uh they have everything that they need for their transition to become adults so i think succeeding in fatherhood is getting to this point many times that you look back and you think there's many failures along the way virtually every day you think oh man that was should have done that differently Mm. but i think for me that the successes are they are happy children they are polite children they are they've got their own very very distinct characters and i think that even though they're brought up in the same house we believe we've brought them exactly the same way they're both two very different children with very different and they'll do end up doing very different things in life but I think that that's our success. That's my success. That's our success is getting to them, getting them to the point where you don't worry about them all the time. Mm-hmm. Life three sixty helps that, <laughs> but you haven't got to worry about them every single second of the day because you know the things that you've taught them mean they are independent and capable of taking care of themselves and I think that's for me that's that's what I would say would be a classic success that I've had that we've had to get to having them where they are now and most people that they meet tend to like them as children so <laughs> I would say that's tend to, tend like, to like them as children <laughs> they don't always like each other <laughs> but tend to like them as children and think that they are good children so that I would say is a success, yeah. And I think a failure for me to answer the failure question is well, there's just there's just too many fails. There's just too many things I've said to them wrong, or I wish I'd said to them which I hadn't said to them, or haven't given them the time that you should give them, or annoy them too much when they don't want your time. So I think it's. The failures are, you fail all the time, but you but you have to have failures to make sure that 
you do okay. So I think that's probably the... You'll always fail. You'll fail all the time. You'll always fail as though you've never done enough for them. Whether that's... it's That's not in a materialistic way. Because all they need to do is they need to eat, they need a bed to sleep in, and they need to be able to have clothes on the back. That's all children need. Mm-hmm. But you'll... Just because you haven't got them... Ever, you can't ever get them everything they want. But that's not a failure. That's probably being a good parent. Or you can't give them everything you want to give them. But that's not a failure. That's just the way life is. So I think the failures are... I haven't failed too bad. No. I don't think. Because there's, there's things that I would change. The things I would not want to... I would look at as a failure. But they're probably didn't realise that I didn't, that I'd failed where I thought I'd failed, but mm-hmm. that's probably just the way life is. Yeah, so. again, your where your perspective lies in it is very different to yeah. what your yeah. kids see and, and yeah. how they perceive it. I, I do think that's really important as well, what you say about like the materialistic things, like you, you could buy your kid everything in the world and the list will never end. Never end. The list <laughs> will never always be more things. The list, the list will never end. And I think, but that's not. It's just that's just not important. It's just, it, it is not important to them. All they want generally is your attention. Mm-hmm. That's what they, I think, they want from you as a parent, uh, and they want your. And I think the the failure. I think one thing, one failure. I think is, is thinking that they should react to you or act in a way that in your mind, whether you're 32 when I st- first had a, our daughter or whether you're whether I'm 48, you sort of, your failure is expecting the children to react or act in a way that your 32-year-old or 38-year-old or 40-year-old mind thinks they should not in the way that a six-year-old child mm-hmm. will react because their brain is not your brain. So I think that's probably a failure of of mine is thinking that why doesn't why don't they do what they're told? Or why don't they <laughs> act like that? This is purely rational. They should do what they've been asked to do here. But you're asking them as a a grown adult, and they are just with a lot of life under yeah. your belt and a lot and of different things. And there and there until they're thirty. They're still a child, so <laughs> the brain isn't formed until the thirty properly. So that's a failure. It, it, yeah, I had a moment this week where I told Leo about possibly a job that I was interested mm. in, and I thought he'd be really excited because I, I pitched it as I would have both days of my weekend off every week, which I don't currently, mm. and so I pitched it as that. Um, but he had an absolute meltdown, like a, an incredible meltdown, like un, inconsolable. Mm-hmm. Like had to just, um, Why? Like we, he was showering at the time, and I just had to ditch the shower and 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 wrap him up. Why? Because he hated the idea of me leaving my current job. Yeah. Because uh, that's all he's known. It's all he's known, and yeah. it's a comfort to him. He knows where it is. Mm-hmm. He knows how to get there. He under he he, he can picture it in his mm-hmm. head. And and he quite likes it. He mm-hmm. thinks it's quite cool. And so the idea of me not doing it mm-hmm. absolutely mm-hmm. freaked him out. 
Yeah. Um, but it, that was not the reaction I was expecting in the slightest. Because yeah. that's your reaction you were expecting. Your, the, the reaction you were expecting was your rational mind says, I'm getting another job, which has better hours, might have more money, might spend more time with you. But his reaction is, you change. Don't something. change my life because yeah. I like my life today. Yeah, he's he's quite comfortable where he is. Yeah. He's comfortable with the house, and and yeah, it was to the point where I basically just had to say, "Don't worry about it." Yeah, like let's leave it there. This is a new question, mm-hmm. question three, and this is because you're the first dad I've had on that's a little bit further on. An old dad. A little bit further on in the journey. <laughs> Every everyone else has been uh, either a brand new dad or yeah. somewhere around about where I am yeah. in this. So, having older children, mm-hmm. adults or nearly adults, yeah. I wanted to ask, what are some of the most important values and life lessons you've tried to instill in your older children? And how have you gone about doing so? I think the way we've brought the children up is we have the basics, whether it be hold your knife and fork properly, whether it be uh, always say thank you if you've been either complimented or given something. Make sure that uh, you're respectful to people around you. I'd say... We've taught them the basics. Make sure you tie your shoelaces, brush your hair, all those things which you have to do uh, to children to make sure that they can go out and function in the world. But I think your question is, what life lessons do we give them? I think now they probably will listen to some of our life lessons. And I think we don't really tell them what to do. And I think examples the way that you do things they will naturally watch what you do and learn from you hopefully uh, but also that I think I'd say children they get access to so much stuff now whether it be on the internet or with the school or through the friends and the knowledge that, the, that they've got as a young group of people I would say they probably are have more or they are probably more vocal with their opinions on how uh, they should live their life than I would have probably been with my parents when I was younger, I think. And more certainly more than my parents would have been with their parents. I think children at the age of 16, 18 now, our children, are happy to say how they think uh, they see... How they, how what rules they should live their life by. They've got them. I think at that age, they've already got them. So we don't try. We don't try not to to teach them or give them guidance in that sense. I think we're probably just trying to make sure that within our house we are respectful to each other as husband and wife. I think we try to make sure we're respectful of the children as much as we can be if they're not winding each other up or us up in any way and I think that's I would say it's more of an example than actually there's things you'll say you'll say out loud in the hope that they'll listen to it and pick it up but often they don't listen to what you say or they might listen but they only half listen 
so try not to teach that. I think I wouldn't say it's we tell them or you need to do this or this is this is how you should live your life. We'll try and probably in the house we wouldn't we wouldn't swear generally as a family, Kate and I. But if the children did swear, then we would say that's not really on in our house. Eh? You don't do that. Eh? So I think there's those rules which probably we've got from. I've certainly got from my parents. I would never still now really swear in front of my parents. Very rarely. I'd say probably William feels a bit more comfortable swearing in front of us than <laughs> I would in front of my dad. But it's not something that we'll accept. Annabelle, on the other hand, wouldn't. She would not swear. I don't think I've ever heard her swear. No, she wouldn't. She would. Well, I actually, I can't, I can't visualize it. I think she's sworn at her brother because her brother's definitely told us she has. But <laughs> grass, uh, yeah. <laughs> but I wouldn't. She's not. She knows the boundaries of what we find acceptable or not, and probably wouldn't push them that hard in the house like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I think that. I don't think we we. I think we'd probably just try and live a respectful life inside our family and when we're outside inside the four walls and hope that they will take that on board as a poster because you can't really instruct a 16 or 18 year old what to do they will only learn by their mistakes they'll only even when they're a bit younger they're headstrong enough to learn by their mistakes and you've just got to cajole them in the right direction and just hope that they'll see what you do and they'd like I see what my parents did and I'd like to make sure that I did for my children and the, and the look you'd have the grandparents around so the grandparents wouldn't accept certain types of behaviour and so yeah I think that's the benefit of having a bigger family around that the children can learn from not just us from the grandchildren as well so as grandparents not grandchildren I think I actually spoke about your kids on I say kids it's, it seems funny calling them yeah. kids now um, but I spoke about them on a previous episode with on Tom's episode on the second episode all positive yeah good <laughs> and I was and we were saying how brilliant they are yeah because uh, I've pretty much known them since they were yeah like for something now yeah since they were um, and so uh, we, we, we were sort of bigging them up and mm. saying if you can like, if you can take a slice of mm. how someone's turned out, that mm. would be amazing. Yeah. Um. I didn't keep it in the episode because my wife was concerned that I'd mentioned anyone well, outside of the episode, so I, I cut that bit out. <laughs> I think the thing is, I think they have, they are, great, and but that's not to say that there's not there hasn't been challenges absolutely over the sixteen eighteen years with them, but it's sort of like. A, those years are a combination of good good and bad things to get to the point where they are. And I just, I think whether it's, and they're both very respectful towards all of the grandparents. So, which I think is a good thing. I think if, if you get them to that level where they'll take the time to talk to the grandparents, because there's, there's, there's probably three generations of age gap between them if not more generations, I don't know, three generations, yeah. But the fact that they can still have good conversations and and generally want to speak to the grandparents and 
and be with them when they're already young and they've got all the distractions of whether it's the phones or the friends or whatever else it might be then I think that's a good reflection on how they've turned out I'd probably say mm-hmm. yeah and we just be because generally respectful to all people I think that's probably a if they're doing that all right when they're 16 or 18 then they're probably doing most other things probably right as well yeah if you can see that side of them and it's that thing of you know you say like how someone acts behind when they're not being watched is like mm. a good character to yeah. who they actually are yeah and i imagine them both being like that either way yeah whether you're there yeah. or not you know um, oh, if we're not, if we're not there, they'll definitely try and have a fight with each other for some reason <laughs> or argument about something. Well, each other doesn't but count. Each other doesn't count. Yeah, yeah. That's it. That's brother and sister. What drives you mad about being a dad? Uh, things that drive you mad. Things <laughs> that drive me mad. Uh, am I being shall I be child specific here or <laughs> if you want general? Yeah. <laughs> what drives us mad about them? Uh, collectively. <laughs> collectively, what drives us mad? Collectively, what will drive us mad about them is when, for absolutely no reason which we can think at all, (laughs) they decide to argue amongst each other, which does happen a lot less than it used to, I'll be honest. It happens a lot less. But when they argue amongst each other for literally no reason... uh, no that, good reason anyway. No good reason. And I don't even think they know there's a reason, but because they are brother and sister, they will just argue with each other because they are brother and sister. So uh, that drives us mad. I'd say a lot less drives us mad, really. A lot less drives me mad about them. In fact, I don't really, now that they are where they are, I don't, whereas when they were younger, they would do things which would just make you mad instantly. <laughs> because they try to do it, try I think to wind us up. Whereas now, I'd say it's much calmer. Uh, so I, I don't think anything drives you drives us mad anymore. I think it's probably as they've got older, there's probably just minor things they do, which I'm pretty sure they do just to irritate us. It's <laughs> probably more an irritation than a madness. <laughs> so. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, so I think that's probably where it's got to now. We've gone past the madness stage. Uh, it's now more at what do they do to irritate me? <laughs> yes. Irritate's a great word. And they've both got things which they'll definitely do to irritate us. So, and they know exactly what they are. Uh and it's things we've probably told them not to do or asked them not to do or shown them not to do it but uh, because they can be willful they'll just continue to do it whether it's scrolling through TikTok whether it's not holding a knife and fork properly whether it's swearing in the house when you shouldn't swear in the house whether it's just annoying each other for the sake of it or annoying the dog so none of it's None of it sends you mad. It just you think, really? Do you have to do it? How about just not? And then it's just a bit easier. So I'd say that's probably where we are now. The madness is gone. That that what is going on doesn't really happen anymore. It's just, yeah. That is the 
the light at the end of the tunnel. I've got the to light at the end of the. I would say that's the light at the end of the tunnel. It's irritation. Uh, William, he definitely knows how to irritate us if he wants to. So if he feels like if it. he feels like it. <laughs> <laughs> and I know how to irritate him as well so that's a good thing it is a very different thing once the uh, essentially adults that yeah. now you're getting irritated by another adult compared to yeah. when a kid's irritating you it's really something that they're doing yeah. maybe on on purpose yeah I mean yeah actually I think Leo does a few things to wear me up yeah. but, but I had a moment the other day I was at my brother's house and his boy uh, my nephew, gorgeous little boy, but he did something that I went, oh, it's not something that he's doing. It's things, it's something that all kids his age do that irritates me. Yeah, and it, it's it, you know, it's not psychological. It's not irritating. It's it, it's something that you just go, how on earth? And it was so petty. Um, watching children, probably up to the age of ten, maybe <laughs> pouring anything into a, a beaker or a, mm-hmm. a, a vessel because <laughs> they can't do it can't do it they're absolutely rubbish at it yeah and uh, I watched him try and pour a little bit of mouthwash in a, a the lid <laughs> way too small like he was never going to get it right <laughs> and it just yeah. went everywhere <laughs> yeah. and it it's it, but I was like watching yeah. it and I had to because he's my my nephew I had yeah. to um I had to react in like a more light-hearted way, but I was like, like I could feel yeah. like the red mist, and then I had to go. Oh, what do you like? Oh. Yeah, <laughs> a little tinker. <laughs> you just reminded of the irritation thing, and it's that one of the irritation things. Not so much now. It's that bottle thing. Land a bottle. Bottle flipping. Bottle flipping. Yeah. What's all that about? <laughs> Shouldn't be me a thing. Well, that's irritating. Can you, TikTok. can you stop, please? Can you stop, please? Stop now. <laughs> I didn't know that was an irritation. Oh, it's an irritation. Leo Leo loves that as well. Yeah. <laughs> Try watching the Grand Prix. Yeah. While well, Yeah. Flipping that. Yeah. Next to you. Will you stop now? Will you stop? Stop now, please. In retrospect, with you being an older dad, <laughs> I don't consider you old, but a dad to older children. Is there anything you wish you had known or done differently as a father when your children were younger? And and and, and to that turn, is it, what advice would you give to newer dads out there? I think it's tr- it's tricky because when you're a dad for the first time, the only reference point I think you have is your own dad to see do you do things right or wrong and I had a stepfather as well who was uh, a big part of my life from when I was about eight but my dad has been around since I was born so I think I probably and he's 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 a good dad and I think I probably learned a lot of the things that I'd hopefully passed on to the children from him. Uh, so I think that's 
that was the reference point you have when you you're the first dad is can you it's it's a i think it's a it's a it's a weird thing because it's can you be as good as your dad but can you improve on where your dad you think that your dad could have could have done things differently yeah so it's that dichotomy if you got you've got someone who was who you look up to and who was great and was perfect in many ways but then there's things you think oh well I'd like to do things a bit differently so you 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 balance that I think as a new dad I think that's what you do you've you've got to balance those two things of that's the role model if you're lucky enough to have had your dad as a consistent in your life but then you think but actually those things used to wind us up they used to do so I'm going to try and do things with my children a bit differently but also you want to do the right thing by your child children child or children but also you want to, to make sure that your dad and your mum but your dad and this for the purpose of this conversation thinks you've done a good job as a dad as well yeah so there's all those balancing things you've got to it's like I want to be I've learned from my dad I want to be as good as my dad but I want to do some things differently but I want him to think I'm a good dad but I want my child to think I'm a better dad than every dad out there so I'm like the best dad <laughs> so there's all those things that you're you're balancing it with and you, but I think the only reference point you've got if you look to have, to have had your dad around is probably your dad or a father figure of some whether it be a stepfather or whatever I, I was lucky you had a dad and a stepfather so I, 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 both very different people so learn different things from both but in terms of my formation in my younger years it was certainly from my dad yeah and there was something you said right near the beginning of us chatting about you know more so when you're chatting to your kid and you say something and then you know whatever happens and they walk away and you go ah I could have done that yeah and I think that's sometimes something that your kids don't see yeah they don't see it they they don't don't see that because you're just dad and you make decisions and sometimes they're not decisions that the person likes and Mm. they get frustrated and I don't think they see the other side of it where you genuinely are just you know like anyone winging it to some extent yeah and sometimes you say something then go hmm yeah I didn't want it to go that way either that's it that wasn't what I was looking for in this they don't and so they might if you've had an argument with them or and they're in the room like you're upset or crying and they just stormed off and they probably don't see you downstairs thinking oh yeah wish I'd done that different <laughs> I wish I'd done that different yeah it's and, and you're they, not happy about it you're not happy about it and they'll forget it in an instant but you might carry that for the next I think we say oh I should have dealt with that differently and yeah. so I think that's a thing where a young mind they'll just move on to the next thing after they've got over that initial upset whatever it might be but you'll sit there thinking oh 
and the adult I should have spoken to them a bit differently than I did so yeah I had yeah. one of them today yeah <laughs> you, you have them all the time it's just you yeah so we come to the final round <laughs> of going toe to toe and this is the dad jokes did you hear about the cheese factory that exploded no there was nothing left but debris That's really good. Solid joke, though. What did the ocean say to the beach? I don't know. Nothing. Just waved. Terrible. Terrible. How do you organise a space party? I don't know. Your planet. more like a cracker joke that than a dad joke what did the caretaker say when he jumped out of the cupboard I've just read it ah. <laughs> supplies, supplies. <laughs> thank you for being on episode 6 of Dad's Papas and Father Figures pleasure I appreciate it step brother-in-law <laughs> no problem step brother-in-law <laughs> Great. Thank you very much. Tasty. Thank you for listening to episode six of Dads, Papas and Father Figures. If you enjoyed the podcast, leave a review on whatever app is playing my voice right now. It really does help. And while you're there, you can also get on to Instagram and TikTok and find our account. If you have burning questions that you'd like me to ask future guests, or if you know a dad that would like to come on and give us a little peek into their psyche, then please email the podcast at dpafpod at gmail.com. That's d-p-a-f-f-pod at gmail.com. Happy fathering! Happy fathering!